Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And welcome to Nature Folk with Selena Fox, brought to us every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Pagans Tonight Radio Network. Nature Folk with Selena Fox is a production of Circle Sanctuary's radio ministry program. Tonight's program is a rebroadcast of the Circle Craft Studies with Selena Fox from April of 2012, where Selena discussed ancient and contemporary Beltane customs and traditions of welcoming in the May. After Nature Folk, please stay tuned for another Circle Sanctuary radio ministry program, Circle Talk, with hosts Jeanette and David Ewing, as they welcome Ginger Doss to the program. Welcome to Circle Craft Study with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and I wish you all in the Northern Hemisphere a happy Beltane, and for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, a good Samhain. Today we're going to explore Beltane celebrations, old and new ways of creating personal, household, and group ceremonies and traditions. We're going to take a look at some chants and some symbols and some lore. And we're going to have a time in the second part of our hour together. For those of you who wish to, to join in a call-in sharing circle, and to share some ideas via the chat. We begin with an invocation. We call into our lives the blessings of Beltane, the flowering of life, the promise of new possibilities, the growth of creative endeavors, the welcoming in of the warmer half of the year. Spirit of Beltane, come to us. Spirit of Beltane, be with us. Spirit of Beltane, delight us, so mote it be. Beltane, also known as May Day, May Eve, Walpurgis Night, and some other terms depending on the tradition, is a time that is the height of the spring season. It typically is celebrated on or near April 30th and May 1st, or some people will celebrate on the full moon closest, which is right at Beltane time, May 1st, May 2nd, May 3rd this year. Some will celebrate more at the midpoint between the spring equinox and the summer solstice, May 5th, 6th, or 7th. Some of us, myself included, will celebrate Beltane over a series of days and nights. 
For me, I begin my Beltane celebration with Earth Day, April 22nd. For that's a time of not only celebrating our connection with the circle of life on planet Earth, our home, but it's a holiday of renewal and regeneration and prosperity and sustaining life. And those are some themes that not only work for Beltane now, but that have their roots in the ancient times, a time of celebrating nature in its springtime exuberance and its flowering sensuality. Dancing the maypole is an ancient tradition that continues to be part of spring celebrations and in many parts of the world. For some people, they dance the maypole as an English or European folk custom. Many people are familiar with the interweaving of brightly colored ribbons from the maypole. But actually, the ribbon dance is said to be a much more recent phenomena, actually beginning in the 19th century. But maypoles have had circles of people dancing around them for hundreds of years. There was a time in old Europe, even during the time that Europe had been Christianized, where maypole dancing continued on. It was a way of welcoming in the spring. And this holiday during the Christianization of Europe actually was linked to Mary and statues of Mary within Catholic churches would be crowned on May 1st or on the Sunday closest. That custom goes back to the ancient times of celebrating what some people might call Mother Nature and Father Nature or the May Queen and the May King. And indeed, the whole idea of union, of earth and sky, of God and goddess, of fertility, of creativity, these themes are woven into the lore of the maypole and the maypole dance, and it continues to be so today for many people. The maypole was set up in village squares and out in rural areas and was a permanent fixture in many places. In England, maypoles that had been standing for many years cut down when the Puritans took political control in the 1600s. But they did go back up in some places after that era had passed. However, um, the damage was done, and in some places, maypoles are erected, 
for Maypole dancing at the beginning of May, but you don't find that many permanent Maypoles now in the 21st century. But if you come to Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, you will see one. Yes, our Maypole is up year-round. We dance it in connection with our Beltane celebration, which is the first Saturday in May. We dance it with long ribbons and two circles of people, one going clockwise, one counterclockwise, people in fair and pairs, and the ribbons are woven over, under, over, under, or under, over, under, over, depending on which circle that you are in. And you can get a very wonderfully interwoven um, ribbon sheath to the pole itself through such maypole dancing. It's one of our favorite traditions in connection with Beltane. And people celebrate the dancing of the maypole in many places, not just at pagan festivals, but at folk fairs, at renaissance fairs. So the maypole dancing custom is alive and well. Indeed, when Wisconsin, where Circle Sanctuary makes its home, had its 150th birthday celebration a few years back, there was a celebration of cultural diversity within the state of Wisconsin, and one of the ways of celebrating the English settlers of Wisconsin was with a maypole dance right up on the Capitol lawn in the center of Madison, which I took great delight in photographing and celebrating. There are some other symbols and traditions that have their roots in the ancient past connected with Beltane. That of flowers, flower garlands, crowns of flowers, the exchange of flowers, the creation of May baskets, baskets filled with living flowers or cut flowers that are placed on the doorsteps of homes of neighbors and friends and family. One of the traditions of May baskets is to get up really early on May Day morning and go forth with May baskets and putting them right on the doorstop of of the neighbors, ringing the doorbell and then disappearing. So in a way, it's a surprise gift. When I was growing up in Virginia, we not only had maypole dancing in the public schools as a folk tradition, but we made May baskets as part of our way of keeping alive traditions that had been brought to what's now known as the Commonwealth of Virginia by the English settlers who founded Jamestown in 1607. So we've had Beltane celebrations in the form of May Day customs um, for several hundred years in that part of the United States. At Circle Sanctuary's Beltane Festival, we've adapted the May basket custom in several ways. One year, we had, as part of the youth activities, the youth make 
some May baskets, um, fashion baskets out of construction paper, um, got some wildflowers that were growing on the property and put them in the baskets. And on Saturday morning of our Beltane Festival, which starts on a Friday and goes through the weekend until Sunday afternoon, they would go up to tents, not houses, the the tents of people who had gathered for the celebration and left them there. And the adults found this to be just a wonderful touch. Another way that we've done the May basket tradition is to take plants, um, little flower budding flower plants and that are rooted in little containers and fill baskets with them and carry them around to different parts of our Beltane venue. We'd have them inside our temple room. We'd have them around the maypole. We'd have them on the feasting tables and other places. So literally we had flowers that were blooming that had been grown in greenhouses or in some cases in people's um, homes and had been um, dug up or actually planted into these flats of seedlings then that had now bloomed and had them available. And then at the end of the festival, some of those plants were planted in our gardens and some were given away to the festival goers. So that's a contemporary way of keeping alive a May basket custom. Another old tradition is that of Morris dancing, dancing in the May. Morris dancers are folk dancers from old England that have particular garb, usually have some forms of bells, they look like giant jingle bells, um, that are put on straps and worn around the knees and sometimes also around the arms. Uh, many Morris dancers dress all in white, sometimes with a colorful vest. Those vests might be all matching. And Morris dancers still exist today. They're keeping alive those traditions. Each village would have its Morris dancers and would develop their own customs of dancing to wake up the vegetation, to celebrate the spring, and to do fertility dances. We have the Oak Apple Morris dancers, who are a traditional English folk dance troupe from Madison, Wisconsin, which is a short distance from where Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve is, and we have them come out every year and do a series of dances. Now, they are multicultural and um, have their own backgrounds from a number of different places. Some are from England and uh, many are from America. Um, another thing about the Oak Apple Morris dancers uh, has to do with gender. Many of the old Morris dancer troops that we have lore coming down to us from, um, there were men who did the dances. But Madison, Wisconsin has been known for its innovative and progressive social changes, and it is a dance troupe that has both men and women in it. It's great. Part of Morris dancing 
um, involves dancing with sticks that are clacked together and tapped on the ground as a way of stimulating plant growth and doing fertility magic, quite honestly. Um, staves and sticks, and sometimes the Morris dancers will dance with brooms or with swords, and it's quite colorful and lively and joyful, um, bringing their own music and also some special characters. And certainly going back hundreds of years in old England, there would be processions in the streets, not only the Morris dancers themselves, but some of their characters and their troops. One of those characters would be the obby horse. Um, another would be the green man. And sometimes people came in the garb of chimney sweeps for good luck, and ones would get their chimneys swept um, as part of the way of, of doing... Um, Heating one's home, one had the hearth fire, so there was magic around that. Our Morris dancers that come to our community have, instead of a hobby horse, which is a costume that has a horse-like head to it, well, this is Wisconsin after all, so we have a contemporary form of the hobby horse, which is the hobby cow and it's uh, in black and white um, spotted <laughs> um, garb with a cow's head on it and it's really a fabulous part of the troop and they have a green man image that at times they will be parading around with and using in the dances and another colorful character that is associated with some Morris dance troops is what's known as the Betty which is a man dressed in women's clothing representing the union of male and female. Now, the Betty with the Oak Apple Morris dancers uh, is a very um, stately and portly man with a beautiful gray beard dressed in pink carrying a parasol and a basket full of poppy seed cakes for fertility. And during one of the dances, he will go around with the cakes and invite those who have assembled to watch the Morris dancing to take part. In addition to watching Morris dancing at this time of year, it can be really fun to participate in the Morris dancing. And one of the oldest dances that they have in the repertoire is actually a round, which is an original maypole dance. And they teach that every year. And those in our community and festival goers that are joining us all have the opportunity to dance a traditional, ancient Morris dance for maypole dancing around our very maypole. In addition to Morris dancing, there are some other lively activities that have been associated with Beltane. One of the old traditions that we keep alive in our own way is that of bale fire kindling and leaping. The idea is that you jump the fire for good luck, for good um, health, for cleansing away 
the old from the cold weather half of the year passing and bringing in the new. We have our own version of bale fire leaping, which involves taking the dried stems of mugwort that was harvested at Lunasa, or our Green Spirit Festival. We've removed the leaves, and we have all of these long stalks. And and they're quite dry, obviously, by this time of year. And we kindle mugwort. And it makes a, a nice blaze, but one that isn't so high that um, people of different abilities and mobility and ages won't be able to jump over it. We have people jumping over individually in groups, and that is a culmination of each year's Beltane main community ritual. Another tradition that we've developed at Circle Sanctuary is our own take on the May Court. The idea of a May Queen is something quite old. The May Queen is an embodiment, a symbol for the great goddess. The goddess of the springtime, the goddess of flowers, the goddess who's Mother Earth. She can go by many names, but at Beltane we call her the May Queen. Some say the May Queen actually is Flora, the goddess Flora, who was the goddess of flowers amongst the ancient Roman pagans. But we have our May Queen be a multicultural, multi-tradition um, goddess representation. And we have a May King, who some may also call Jack in the Green, or the green god, and he's a representation of the, the god force of nature. We select our May Queen and our May King by lotto. So as people arrive at the festival, they have the opportunity to enter our royal court a Beltane Lotto. Women can enter the May Queen. Men can enter the May King. But I added years ago the May Couple. And the May Couple can be a heterosexual couple or it can be a same-sex couple. And I added that dimension, the Beltane Spirit Couple or May Couple, as a way of being able to honor the diversity that we have within our community of people and gender and sexual orientation. And we've had a variety of people selected for our May court over the years. We do a drawing and then a crowning with garland crowns. We have had old, middle-aged, and young May Queens, and same with the May Kings, and we've had same-sex May couples as well as heterosexual May couples. One year, Dennis and I 
um, became the May couple, and that was really a lot of fun. And we have had some other couples in our community find that their time as a May couple was really sweet, coinciding with anniversaries sometimes. And, and it's a lot of fun. And the May couple and the May king and the May queen in our Beltane ritual have the opportunity to be right around the maypole as we dance it exuberantly and with joy. And as our community weaves the maypole, the May court starts crouching down closer to the ground as people get closer and closer. We have a whole group of drummers that provide the rhythms, and sometimes we'll have people playing flutes or other kinds of instruments, and it's a joyful celebration. And once the maypole is completely done and the ribbons are tied to the pole once they've woven all the way down, then our custom that we've developed is to have different groups of people in the community come up to the pole and touch the pole. We usually invite first those people in our community who want to conceive or inseminate someone to conceive children. So we actually do the reproductive fertility um, opportunity for people to come up and feel the good energy of that maypole dance and let it flow into their lives. And yes, indeed, in our community, we have had um, some couples who have done that form of Beltane magic end up conceiving and giving birth to babies nine months later or so. We also have people come up who are um, youth wanting to have some of that Beltane energy to energize them and bring well-being for their growth. We have seniors come up to for rejuvenation as they continue their journey through life. We have single people come up and and married people come up and and a lot of different combinations and it's a lot of fun. We generally have several hundred people at our Beltane celebration. So having an opportunity for everyone to be able to connect um, with the magic of the maypole has been really a lot of fun. Another custom that we've developed in our community is to have baby blessings as part of our Beltane ceremony. And this, it, we generally do this before we dance the maypole. We have all the beautiful colored ribbons stretched out and staked into the ground. So in, in essence, we have kind of this open-air cone um, of beautiful colors. And within that setting right next to the pole, we do a blessing of the young ones that have been born into our community and celebrate the parents and the God and Goddess parents and and have a great celebration. So as you can tell, there's a number of themes that flow through Beltane as a tradition. It's the height of spring, and in some traditions, in some Celtic traditions, it's actually considered the start of summer or the, the warm time. The idea of fertility, 
but not just reproductive fertility and fertility of the land and crops, but one way that we work with fertility has to do with creativity. Not only for people who are graphic artists, painters, jewelers, and other craftspeople, musicians, and people who are in the performing arts of theater, mime, and poets, not only that whole artistic musical flowering, but for people who would like to enhance their own creativity. And one of the things that I'll be doing at this year's Beltane celebration at Circle Sanctuary is a flower magic workshop and talking about flowers as a way of enhancing creativity. I also will be doing some flowering of creativity meditations as part of our full moon celebration right um, at full moon time, right following our Beltane Festival. What are some things that one might do personally for Beltane? One of the things I recommend is to put a wreath of flowers on your door. They could be fresh flowers that you craft in a wreath or dry flowers, or they could be silk flowers. To bring flower imagery into your home could be going on a walk out to a place where um, there may be wildflowers growing that you can harvest and to actually bring in the flowers and bring in the green into your home. Or it can be take the form of silk flowers, other types of flower symbols that you bring into the home. Taking in the greens, going outdoors and um, honoring greening trees and in a sacred way, harvesting a budding and leafing branch. Another piece that one could do for a personal celebration is an all-night quest to connect with the spiritual dimensions of nature on May Eve. For May Eve is the time in many traditions, including the circle craft, of the little people, the fae, the fairy folk, the she, and paying respects to the spiritual dimensions of nature, and putting out an offering for the fae folk. Another tradition that one may want to incorporate in personal practice is to engage in some kind of creative activity. And if you are in relationship with a significant other, to have a fun time together, to go on a date, have a special dinner, to go into the woods and frolic. And I'll leave that up to your own imagination, how you might be able to do that so that our show is rated PG for sure. So those are some ideas and some ways of Beltane celebrations that I've worked with. Another tradition that I do personally and that some people will do as part of our celebration is that of 
connecting with the dew of Beltane and at dawn going forth and taking some of that dew and wetting your face and your head, anointing yourself with the Beltane dew or on May Day morning. It's a wonderful time to celebrate life and renewal. But one also needs to be aware Beltane is joyful and colorful, but in that growth and exuberance, there also is the shadow side of Beltane. For six months later is Samhain. And some of the same themes of Samhain, of connecting with the other world and sacred forces and the veil being thin at that time is also said to happen at Beltane. And and certainly part of that has to do with the fact that in the Northern Hemisphere, Beltane is very much being celebrated in many different countries and places now. But in the Southern Hemisphere, we actually have Samhain activities happening as well. So honoring the spirits of the dead at Beltane as one might do at Samhain is also an appropriate um, activity, connecting with ancestors and ancestral customs, enjoying the cycle of life and thinking not only about life in its fullest, but also death and rebirth. Well, now going to shift into our sharing portion, and I'd invite those of you who are tuning in to join us by calling in 347-308-8222, or if you're in live chat, I invite you to share a custom, old or new, personal or one that you've encountered in a community, invite you to share some ways that you celebrate Beltane or that you know that Beltane has been celebrated by others in the past or in the present. And I'm wondering with David and Jeanette if we have any callers or input from you all and or the chat room. Ah, uh-huh, this is Jeanette here. Um, do we have anybody so far? Just us? Nobody's called in yet. Okay. Well, there are a few things that come to mind whenever I think about this uh, particular time of year, and one is that it seems that in this country in the United States, anyway, with um, American neo-paganism, there is a lot of emphasis on uh, the fertility aspect, but I'd also read that the ancient Celts did not really celebrate Beltane the way we do now. Uh, And that while there was an aspect of... uh, fertility of people and and crops, it was also um, a time when you got to see um, who in your community made it through the winter. 
Well, and that certainly is that, what I call the shadow side of Beltane, that um, not everyone does survive into the springtime, whether it be plants or animals or human members of a community. Right. Yeah, it was especially a critical thing when they would have lived, you know, over 2,000 years ago or, you know, shortly thereafter, and um, people didn't live that long, you know. Uh, Average life expectancy might have been in the 50s if they were lucky. And so, you know, what what, uh, animals survived, what people survived, uh, came to be a really big thing. So it was not only a celebration of getting the land ready for planting, but then it also became a celebration of, hey, we're still alive after um, getting through the hard winter. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I do both at Beltane and at Sawan is work up at our cemetery, putting flowers up at the various grave sites. And I think that that keeps alive a really old tradition of using flowers to honor the dead as well as the living. You know, Mother's Day, which is the second Sunday in May in America, keeps alive some of the old Beltane and beginning of May flower customs. Um, The month of May, Maya, um, from the goddess of increase, from the ancient Romans, and Flora, whose festival in pagan Rome, April 27th to May 3rd, was a time of great um, joy and sensuality and fertility and the real emphasis on the reproduction. Certainly, Beltane has this whole mating dimension to it, and certainly an old tradition connected with Beltane was couples going forth into bowers and into the fields, and and by making love in the fields, it was said to be a way of praying for good crops. The dancing around the maypole, many people say, also is putting out that prayer, that wish, that intention for the union of male and female in a good way for um, reproductive purposes for the agricultural fields and endeavors. There is a chant that we have done as part of our maypole dancing in the past, and we did this many years ago, and this is working with both the divine, both as a god and goddess, and their union, very simple chant. Earth and sky, earth and sky, God and goddess unify. Earth and sky, earth and sky, God and goddess unify. So if you can imagine several hundred people all chanting that as we're dancing the maypole, um, a lot of fun. fun. Um, So the idea of bringing in the May, literally bringing in flowers and bringing in bowers of greenery into homes, into um, public buildings, into 
ceremonial places is something done in old times, continuing to be done now. And one of the special plants connected with this time of year is the hawthorn, also connected with the fae, the fairy folk. Um, there are some other plants connected with Beltane. In fact, a punch, sometimes a wine punch, sometimes it was non-alcoholic, made of sweet woodruff blossoms would be called um, May wine or May punch, and you'd create a May bowl. Um, the idea of um, decorating with the beautiful greenery and blossoms is not only celebratory, but a direct link with that blossom magic um, connected with this time of year. Now, isn't it, um, isn't there like a whole, I guess you could say, magical field of study that has sort of evolved around uh, the magic associated with uh, specific types of flowers, too? That's correct. And, um, in fact, during the Victorian era, flowers were keyed to particular meanings and when you put together a flower bouquet and gave it to a loved one each of those flowers would have a symbolic meaning so it was a way of sending a message Um, within our community rather than having that kind of flower as code for a meaning aspect we have the flowers themselves um, as a symbol of friendship and sharing and community and we've done actual flower exchanges at some of our events our small group and large group events where a flower is passed on to another or flowers are exchanged with a word or a phrase that the person has connected with the flower that they have chosen to give. One of the traditions that we have done with some of our small group ceremonies is to do with creating a sacred circle with harvested flowers. So everybody brings several cut flowers, and as we cast the circle and stand um, in a great circle around us and Um, move around, we take our flowers, and then we start creating, going clockwise around the circle, a beautiful circle with all the flowers that we have brought with us. Oh, that's cool. And Um, actually, I did a version of this Beltane custom with a green burial that I officiated at yesterday. And there's a song, We Are a Circle Within a Circle with No Beginning and Never Ending, and it came out of um, California, Rick Hamora's, um, I helped birth that, his um, um, community, uh, the reclaiming community has helped share that near and far, and and I talked with Deborah Hamora's recently, and who's been also very instrumental and helping with 
the spread of that chant. Well, we did that chant as we who brought our flowers to honor the deceased, and we created a circle of flowers around the grave and the gravestone. And for many people, they had not worked with flowers in that way to honor a deceased loved one. But it keeps alive kind of some of the the magic of flowers that are so associated with this time of year. That's really cool. And one thing that um, we did, um, I think we've only done it a couple times. We did it with my sister uh, quite a few years ago, is that as part of our Beltane celebration to honor bringing in that season, um we did a, a magical working where we actually planted uh, particular types of flower seeds um, for various types of things that had either different magical purposes or, or whatever. <clears throat> and so as our plants grew, our, you know, our wishes um, manifested. Well, that's, yeah, that's a wonderful tradition. Different Sabbaths in the Circle Craft tradition have different colors that have been associated with them. And for Beltane, the colors are rainbow colors, bright, vibrant, beautiful colors, the whole spectrum of colors of the rainbow. And our maypole and its ribbons reflect that tradition. We encourage people to celebrate Beltane by dressing in colorful clothing. And that's imitating the beautiful colors of flowers at this sacred time of year. There are some additional things that one can do to celebrate Beltane. If one is a gardener, one can do a special blessing of the gardens at this time of year, could potentially be burying some type of sacred stone or image in the garden itself, singing in the garden, um, being with a loved one in the garden, dancing in the garden, a lot of different forms of of connecting with plants and um, aiding the gardening process. It's also a time for those who are urban dwellers to go out to farmers' markets. Um, if one doesn't have much in the way of garden space where they live, chances are in city areas you not only have public parks where you can connect with the blooming of nature, but farmers markets can be a wonderful place to visit to get the energy of exuberant plant growth because plants often are sold there as well as various flower arrangements. I know that just prior to Beltane each year in Madison, Wisconsin, the farmers market, which during the colder time of the year is held indoors, all of a sudden is outdoors around what's known as the square around our Capitol building, which interestingly enough, when the site was picked for the Capitol building, which 
um, is based on the design of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., which has its roots in old pagan Roman architecture. Uh, you have this beautiful dome, white gleaming dome, and we don't have two wings. We actually have an equal arm cross. All around that is a big square lined with vendors from different farms all around the greater Madison area. And what a wonderful tradition to welcome in the May by going to the newly opened farmer's market. So one of the things that we have done for Beltane rights as a community is to do a procession. People carrying flowers, dressed in colorful outfits, um, people playing musical instruments, and processing around our fields, around our green. We have a, a large green that once we had actually as gardens. Now the gardening that's in the middle of our green is this mugwort circle. And at Beltane time, the mugwort is just starting to come up. And we not only encircle that green, but we do the dancing around the maypole, which is in the center of this mugwort circle. And then we get to see the mugwort grow during the whole growing time, which is quite fun. And then we harvest at the middle part of summer at our Green Spirit Festival. Use the mugwort herbs for our summer solstice um, spirit bag making and those stalks we use for the bale fires for Beltane. One of the chants that we do with processions around our green, sometimes it's part of the actual community ritual and sometimes it opens our festival. It's a chant I wrote, um, very simple chant, and it's one that you can adapt for your own purposes. And I'd like to use that as one of our um, closing for tonight. Bringing in the May with our fest today. Bringing in the May with our fest today. Bringing in the May with our fest today. And soon we all will be bringing in the May who will be celebrating Beltane this coming weekend and the weekend after that. And one of the great things about Beltane as a festival is the weather tends to be warm enough up here in our more northerly climes that we can do quite a bit of our celebration outside. Another one of our traditions is that of a labyrinth. We have a giant spiral labyrinth, and we often will kindle lights in that labyrinth. And on our equivalent of May Eve, but typically the Friday night or the Saturday night after our festival, we will have that space available for meditative labyrinth walking. Going out at twilight at Beltane time to commune with nature can be quite a magical experience. Going out just before dawn to greet the sun as it rises, also a powerful Beltane tradition. In fact, some Morris dance groups 
will dance the sun up, including our own friends, the Oak Apple Morris dancers, who go to a place in Madison called Picnic Point. On May 1st, before dawn, they gather and they will dance the sun up with traditional Morris dance. Where to find more information about Beltane lore and rituals, customs old and new? We have my Celebrating the Seasons guide linked in to the Circle Sanctuary website. You can find that under the Teachings section and look for Celebrating the Seasons. And I have a whole page that summarizes many of the things that I've shared tonight. Another way to find out about Beltane traditions is to actually take part in some form of Beltane festival in your region. To go online and connect with people that are actually doing some Beltane celebration through social networking sites. And clearly I'll be one of those people as I not only celebrate Beltane out here in southwestern Wisconsin in the fields and forests of Circle Sanctuary Nature Reserve in my home, which is adjacent, but I'll be celebrating on my Facebook page, so feel free to stop by over the next um, couple weeks and share some of your own traditions and ways of celebrating. I see that we it's about time for us to end our Beltane Traditions show. Next week, I'm going to guide a Beltane ritual that will include a meditation and invite you all to join in. And if any of you are able to come to Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve the first weekend in May, you can come to some or all of the festival. We invite you to come and join in the festivities. To do so, you can go to www.circlesanctuary.org slash Beltane. There will be a schedule of activities and there will be more information about how to register and what's happening each day. I'll be doing a full moon celebration on May 3rd at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve. And I look forward to being back here with Circle Craft Study with Selena Fox next week as we bring in the May with a Beltane ritual. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Thanks to David and Jeanette. Um, thanks to the Pagan Tonight Radio Network. And stay tuned because we will have Pagan Priest on shortly. And tonight we're going to end with a song by Jennifer Cutting and Ocean, The Green Man. And I also want to remind you of two special gatherings in addition to our Beltane Festival coming up that I'll be at 
in this height of springtime moving into summer season, the Heartland Pagan Festival, Memorial Day weekend, Kansas City. I'll be one of the speakers there. And then, of course, our Ong Pagan Spirit Gathering Celebration which is a celebration of summer, the summer solstice, June 17th through 24th at Stonehouse Park in northern Illinois, about an hour's drive west of Chicago. And if you're interested in being part of PSG, be sure to register soon. Registration's in, beginning of June. And if you want to do a workshop or ritual, please get your um, registration in and your workshop proposal in the next few days because at the end of April we close our workshop proposal process. Well, wishing you all a wonderful May and wishing you all bright Beltane blessings. And that was an encore edition of Circle Craft Studies with Selena Fox from April of 2012. Um, we'd like to express our thanks to the Witches School International and the Pagan Center Radio Network for allowing us to reach the community. And now, in, so a couple of notes from what Selena just said. If you heard her talking about Pagan Spirit Gathering, it is actually now in on June 17th to the 24th in southern Illinois at Tall Tree Lake. So make sure you've got that on your calendar for Pagan Spirit Gathering 2018 in June uh, 17th to 24th at Tall Tree Lake. And uh, we are going to be transitioning with a song by Ginger Doss, who is joining Circle Sanctuary Ministers, Jeanette and David Ewing, in the upcoming Circle Talk program. So stay tuned for some music and then a conversation with Ginger Doss, who will be at Pagan Spirit Gathering.
Sanctuary's radio ministry program. Join us here every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern following the Nature Folk program with the Reverend Selena Fox as we discuss various topics of interest to the pagan community. Circle Talk Radio is hosted on alternating weeks by Circle Sanctuary Ministers Jeanette and David Ewing and Circle Sanctuary Minister Deborah Rose. And before we begin, we would like to express our thanks to the Witches School International and the Pagan Tonight Radio Network for allowing us this opportunity to reach the community. For more information about the Witches School, please visit them on the web at www.witchschool.com. And for more information about Circle Sanctuary, please visit us on the web at www.circlesanctuary.org. Welcome. Good evening. And welcome to another episode of Circle Talk. Uh, this month and into next month, well into May, and perhaps a little bit of early June, we have been and will continue to talk to various presenters and musicians that are going to be at this year's Pagan Spirit Gathering. And we'd like to start off by talking about a little bit about Pagan Spirit Gathering. It is an eight-day intentional festival that falls during the week of summer solstice. Pagan Spirit Gathering is one of the oldest week-long pagan festivals in the United States. It is over 35 years old. And it has moved around various places in mostly the central-ish parts of the United States, past couple of years, it's been at Tall Tree Lake Campground in southern Illinois, and at this particular campground, there are people and communities from all parts of 
pagandom. There are, I guess, is, is pagandom a word? Yeah, sure. It's, it is, yeah. yeah. So we have various campgrounds for families, for camping areas. Yeah, there are camping areas that people park and uh, camp out in. There's family camp. There is um, a musical camp. There is, which probably our guests will be hanging out in. There are the camps for the early risers. There are the camps for the night owls. And we've got activities for small children, for tweens, for teenagers. We have a wide variety of rituals that are held besides just the summer solstice ritual and the main ritual. There's women's and men's. There's coming-of-age rituals. So there And crones. Crones and sage rituals, saging rituals. And also... One of the very cool things about Pagan Spirit Gathering is there are a wide variety of musical activities that go on throughout the week. There's usually a performer or two that perform during the lunchtime, midday hour, and then each musician will also have an opportunity to perform at least one time during the week in the evening as part of a main concert event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've had and we've been talking to presenters and we've been talking to musicians who will be at this year's Pagan Spirit Gathering and tonight we are excited to welcome another one of the musicians who's going to be at PSG and it's Ginger Doss. And I don't think we have Linda with us tonight, but Linda Millard is going to be with Ginger Doss at PSG. And, I mean, they've been making all kinds of great music um, all around the pagan world. And we're just, uh, let's just bring Ginger on. Yeah, so we can just roll right into this. Greetings, Ginger. Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. Hello. And one of the cool things about what you get to do at PSG is that people will have an opportunity to listen to your music more than one time. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. Oh, and I didn't even mention the the morning meeting stuff too. So it's usually something involved with that too. Yeah, there's some sort of musical thingy that will be done towards the end of the morning meeting every morning, and then there's a some sort of lunchtime concert, mm-hmm. and then there's also the evening concert. So the performers will have an opportunity to perform multiple times during the week. And it's yeah. really great. Well, I love that. I, yeah, I love that about PSG. It's it's going to be so much fun, and it's wonderful to have an opportunity to uh, just – interact in so many different ways and in different times and places and um, I'm just so looking forward to it. That's really cool and one of the things I noticed is that you've toured in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, Have you done many pagan festivals? Yes, indeed. Many, many, many. (laughs) 
Are you speak, so speaking specifically of about Canada, or just, oh, no, just Canada and U.S. Oh, just right. yes, yes, Canada. Uh, all over. It would be hard to find one that I haven't done. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> what? Uh, how far west have you and east have you gone in the United States? So you are. Um, I was going to use the word home port. (laughs) 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 Yes, what specific place do you call home these days? At the moment, it's Fayetteville, Arkansas, which you couldn't have told me 10 years ago that I would be here, but um, I first uh, came across this place in my, my duo with Becca Kelso uh, back in the day uh, called GB Mojo, and we came through here and fell in love with it. And then I kept coming back and coming back and playing, and I made so many good friends, and there's so many great musicians here. And then eventually uh, my partner Andrea settled here, and then when I decided to actually have home base, I moved in with her here, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's also more centrally located, which helps in my travels. I was always, my starting point was always Texas in the past. I was in Austin, Texas. So that meant a huge chunk of travel time to get anywhere, <laughs> basically. Like from everything Texas. is far away from there. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Inside Texas. Except for I the know. Texas Pagan Festivals, which um, I have were my home festivals for a long time. The CMA, uh, Council of Magical Arts community in Texas is awesome, and they're a very strong community, and they have um, several festivals, but their main ones are Samhain and and Beltane every year. And I will be down at their Samhain festival this year. Oh, really? No. Okay. And I'm also doing, there's a Beltane uh, festival that I'm doing here in Arkansas next weekend uh, that I'm looking forward to. So there is a, is, there's a, a nice pagan community here in Arkansas as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, Which is, I would think would be kind of tough to find in Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always surprised when <laughs> I hear these places that I would not think that there would be an intact pagan community that has one, especially the some of the more eh, conservative southern states. So, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's really amazing. I have found in just about every state, and I can't even think of a state except for the West. Now, I know you asked me about the West. I haven't gone to the West very much. Um, this past fall, I toured with um, – a group called um, The Muses on the Road, which was a, uh, a group I put together with uh, S.J. Tucker, Renee Jansky, and Linda Millard. Um, the, we toured uh, the West Coast, and it was awesome. We didn't do any festivals because it was fall, and there's not a lot of festivals there in the fall. But I've done um, pagan events, hosted events in Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, um, there, there's a lot of activity in the southern states, believe it or not. That's cool. Now, one of yeah. the um, let me go back up here, there, because I'm I'm trolling your website as we are apt to do, because I always like to see what 
Yeah, where where people are going, where all the performers are going in the coming weeks and months, and one of the other places that you're going to, this is an event that I've heard about for a while, it's the Pagan Unity Festival. It's held in Burns, Tennessee. It's at a state park, a big state park in Tennessee that's just west of Nashville. And it's... Yeah, we've never had the opportunity to go. It is a little bit far for us. Nashville, we're in Northern Virginia, so Nashville is 10-ish hours away, and that's probably an hour or so west of Nashville. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that, because you won't be touring with uh, Linda. You'll have a couple of other gals with you. (laughs) Yes, um, Traveling Fates is my group with uh, S.J. Tucker and Becca Kelso. And um, we kind of put this together in, I guess it was 2010 or 11 when we first decided to kind of, because we loved just being together and playing together. And um, we it was so easy to just sing together and we are big fans of each other's music. And I've worked with SJ Tucker for years and years. Um, I was her engineer on, um, during, Oh, wow. We've we've worked on several albums together. And so it was kind of an effortless thing. And we called it traveling fates because each one of us is a solo, solo performer. And so you never know when the three of us will get together. And it's basically a song swapping format. So we just basically each play our original music and back each other up as we, as we take turns doing songs. And um, we probably have one gig a year. Uh, We might skip a year, maybe have a couple of gigs where we just meet up. And um, I'm really excited to be doing this festival with them because I think our last gig was it might have been it was last year it might have been two years ago but um I love oh I know we played Brian Greenway we we did a a kind of a reunion set at at a benefit for Brian Greenway in St. Louis and that was really really fun and uh so I just our voices together I'm going to try to record this one because we we can make some beautiful harmonies together, and I'm just I'm really excited about it. We're gonna have fun, and we're each gonna do also a, a solo set. But I'm also gonna have them sing on my solo set because cool. I just love it. Yeah, because I mean we've we've met and listened to and had some had some experiences with S J Tucker, and and um, I don't think oh, we've yeah. actually met with Becca Kelso, but I mean they're just kind of imagining. Um, how much fun that that performance is going to be with the three of y'all? Um, yeah. Yeah. We have a, a gr- we have a great time. Fun. Yeah, and that's actually just a few yeah. weeks from now. It's yeah. in um, it's from May seventeenth through the twentieth, again in Tennessee. And that, if you're looking for a Beltane-ish yeah. festival in that part of the mm-hmm. U.S., it is. Pretty one, pretty good one yeah. to go to. And it's and I've heard, you know, it's it's pretty well run and organized. I mean, they uh, literally very wrote much the book. so. No, I think you could say that you know that um, they they wrote the book on pagan festival organization. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
just you know. She because did. they did write a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Trish is awesome. They're all it's it is it's very well run. Everybody works really really hard, and uh, this will be my third or fourth time at this festival. And uh, yes, I love it. It's okay. wonderful. Now, most of the time, do you, or these days, are you playing more with Linda than by yes. yourself? Okay. Yes. Well, yes. Linda and I have been playing music forever and uh, together, and uh, we just go seamlessly together. And we're, she's also my dearest friend and soulmate. I, she's not my partner, but she, we are so connected and um so when we when we make music there's energy is just amazing um and so she came in and we did we've done a few shows together she lives in um Kansas so um we will tour together and so we're going to be touring in June when we come up for PSG and I'm so excited um to to be singing with her there and y'all will love her she plays amazing flute she's got a beautiful voice she's has wonderful um wonderful songs of her own and you can go and listen to her she has her own section of my website gingerdoss.com slash linda millard you can find her and uh scroll through some of her songs and take a listen but yeah she's my bestie and you get to see her in some of the videos too on your website i think um um was that was that her on um what was I watching? Ba ba ba. Was I playing a big white Was I playing a big white grand piano? No, you were playing an electric piano. Or keyboard. Singing. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yes, you'll see a lot of a lot of videos of her and I together. Oh, it was Hippie Pocket. Oh, okay. Hippie Pocket. That was a, that's an interesting song, um, or is that her with you on She Wolf? Probably on She Wolf, um, <clears throat> which is more an outdoor festival someplace. Anyway, um, uh, one of the things yeah. uh, that first struck me was we were listening to your music. Is that unlike many other pagan musicians that we have listened to, you incorporate keyboards into your music, and there are other musical elements that you incorporate that give the music, yeah, I'm going to call it a more modern sound rather than a more folk-type sound, yeah. that not every pagan performer is like that, but it tends to f- follow a more folk-indie-type vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. The, it, I think the introduction <clears throat> of piano makes it distinctly different, and I happen to like that. Oh, well, thanks. Um, yeah, and also, I've been a recording engineer. I, I produce all my own records, and I have my own studio. And so, um, and having played in bands since high school and studied, I studied instrumental music. I have an instrumental music degree. Um, it, And I just, I love arranging, and I love, and I have a, a huge library of sounds and musicians that, I play with um, that. So I I have a great time. The studio is my, 
is my second greatest love when, when I'm writing and creating in the studio. That is uh, a, a passion for me and a place where some serious magic happens. And um, so this is why there's such an eclectic range of, of music. The album I'm working on right now uh, is a is a concept record, and I've never actually done a concept record before. And I'm really excited about this. And basically, I'm taking sacred practice and putting it to music. And so this one is going to have a little bit more of an Eastern flair to it. There's going to be a lot of different uh, ethnic sounds in it. And um, because I'm going to be writing, the first song I wrote is already finished, called Mandala. And uh, so it's a song that talks about the mandala um it's not released yet so i wasn't able to give it to y'all but um and then there's going to be a song about the labyrinth and also runes and uh, a song called celtic knot and so i'm exploring all the different options and right now i'm working on celtic knot and i've always wanted to do a celtic song with um celtic melodies and rhythms and um, so I'm really um, having a good time with that and exploring everything that I can do with the Celtic vibe and also exploring the meaning. Uh, okay. When I went online and, and kind of did a search on the history of the Celtic knot, I was surprised to find it rather vague, um, that there was no specific history of pagans using the Celtic knot except for some of the ancient, the very first designs and what those meant. But I didn't find, I was look. I thought there was going to be this vast um, history of the Celtic knot and its use in, in magic practice and in um, ritual. Right. And, and I didn't find that. And, but what I did find was really revealing um, what sounded to me like kind of a way to weave in verbal tradition into the future by this this knot that kind of carries us back in time. So basically I, I saw it as a way of weaving a connection between ourselves and um our pagan past and our pagan roots. And so um, I'm having a, a wonderful time with that. So wow. I, I have meandered quite a long way from the original, <laughs> original <laughs> question, I think. But uh, that's what happens when you let me talk for too long. Okay. Um, that sounds really cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Sounds, um, some of the different aspects of things that that is yeah. very so what are some of the main instruments that you play? Since you are an arranger, well, I, you probably know how to play a bunch of different instruments. I play uh, guitar and keyboards and djembe. Those are my main three instruments. Okay. Um, and so with other things, um, I have a, a library of sounds that I'm able to, um, of sound samples and sound libraries that I'm able to use for um, things like bass. And um, I 
I have also a large library of loops that I can use and a lot of different percussionists that I work with in the studio that can help me with different grooves. Um, and Linda plays flute. She's come in on a few songs to play flute. And um, But I basically um, am able to uh, create a lot of sounds, and I also have a lot of musicians who help me out. So, um, okay. It's, cool. it's fun. I have a good time in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're at 9:25 already. So let's go ahead and play. Want to do some music? Yeah. Hey, we should we should play some music since we're talking to a musician. A musician, it's somebody who makes music. <laughs> music. Um, yeah, so we're kind of listening to different stuff um, here the past couple of days, and we talked about some of the more pagany stuff. Um, want to go four directions? Yeah. Okay. We'll start with that, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Green Album. The Green Album. Cool. That we've yeah, we're looking forward to, uh, to that. So we'll, uh, let's do some um, directions, and then we'll talk about the Green Album. Okay. Sounds great. All right, cool.
that has not yet been released. Uh, it could be a song that was already written, but it needed to be so- a song that had not yet been released on any uh, previous album. So um, I decided to, to write something specifically for the Green Album. And um, so he had gotten with me, I think that was June of 2015, and um, our deadline, um, everybody agreed, was going to be, I think, for, I think it was January or February of, of 2016 that um, we needed to have our song submitted. And um, so I finished out the touring year, and um, in January, I had set aside the time after the holidays to sit down and write the song. So I had... Oberon Zoll's um, Gaia Goddess. And um, I put her, I I have the statue, and so I I put the statue, there's a little spot on my my piano where she sat, and I said, help me, Mama, (laughs) help me write a song. And it came really quickly. Um, And she was, she had something to say, apparently, and... uh, so, um, and I and I had gotten the when I when I write a song, I will get inklings of ideas, like um, little inspirations. And with this song, the very first thing that came into my mind was step, 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 step. And and if you couldn't hear that, that was me saying step, step, step. And basically. I was like, wow, okay, all right. And so I started thinking of a rhythm, dawned on me. A lot of times I'll get the the inspiration and then the concept follows. And the concept there was that Gaia provides every step that we take. She provides the path for us. She provides the way for us. Without her, there is no life, no road, no she nurtures us. She nourishes us. She provides everything that we have and every space that we occupy is because she has provided it for us. And so I then realized it was about every step I took. It was an opportunity to be grateful and thankful to to Gaia for, for being there, to, to give me a place to step and to step with honor. Uh, on her sacredness because she is alive, and that was the uh, that was the main message that it seemed like she wanted to say through me was that she is a living being. This planet, this amazing paradise where we live, is 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 a living being, and um, so it would just once that connection happened, I just disappeared into the studio. <laughs> My family did not see me. Uh, and then I, I emerged with the song, and um, I was I was very very pleased with it. Wow, it's quite a story. Yep, and that was that was for Caldera Fest, and it was released in uh, at Caldera Fest in Georgia in twenty seventeen in twenty sixteen, uh, May yes. twenty sixteen, and um, and there's like a. A limita- statute of limitations kind of a thing or somewhere where there's only, you know, like, the songs can't be 
included in something or sold or whatever, there's something you can't do for a certain number of years until after the album is out. Um, yes, and and I think we've reached that. It was a two-year um, deal, uh, and I think, well, I don't know uh, if, if, if we start talking about it. I saw there was a post. We have a group message on Facebook between all the artists, and we we touch base quite a lot. I was I was really glad that we have all stayed in touch through this process. We were we we made quite a community, and uh, uh, through uh, the birthing of this, it was such a beautiful beautiful thing. And um, and then I was I was worried after the album was released that we would kind of drift apart, but we haven't. We've we've stayed in touch, and it's been really neat. And there's a a, a post I need to check. But I think we're coming on the end of the two year anniversary and I think my my choice is gonna be just to leave it with the green album. I'd like it to continue to support Rainforest Trust because they're what they do is amazing. And you can go online and, and find out a little bit more about them. But we we worked really hard to find a um a worthy um earth friendly charity and this one basically preserves rainforest not just you know the the big popular ones but all over the the globe it just buys property to preserve it and um so it's a beautiful thing and we have we have paid off um one reserve already and i i can't think of the name wait um it is the got it written down here somewhere i'm trying to find my sheet um but yes we we've paid off one preserve it was the where is it oh no it's not there never mind oh well (laughs) but you can find all this out on the on the greenalbum.net um and so that's that's going to be my choice i think it's not available online anywhere else and you can't buy the cds in any stores you can only buy them from the artist's themselves and so um, it's quite a special quite a special project and so yeah, look at the website um, saved 5,800 acres at the Belonga Forest Reserve in Democratic Republic thank of Congo. you that was what, <laughs> that's what I was um, trying to remember yeah over 18 okay that's cool <clears throat> yes very cool and just in the first three days, raised enough money to save 1,800 acres in the in the reserve. Um, yes. Like that's just a okay. Yeah, pagan music power, Lock. baby! <laughs> amazing. That is that's an an amazing thing. That is that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and <clears throat> for people who might not be quite aware of it. All over the world in various places that mostly are close to and around the equator. They're what are known as biodiversity hotspots, and most of them happen to be rainforests. Yeah. Um, various parts of the world. And these areas are critical to preserving the biodiversity of some of the most critically endangered species on the planet. And one of the conservation methods that have been employed is, in fact, the 
the quote unquote the buyout method yeah. for organizations to literally buy yep. land to nonprofit organizations, NGOs to buy land and hold it in a trust in perpetuity rather than try to work with governments because governments in certain parts of the world have not always been effective at trying to preserve some of these places. Right. The governments are corrupt or whatever. Change you change leadership, you have yes. a change in yeah. regime. Yeah. Uh, in some parts of the world, like, you know, you're like you change your socks. So doing it this way <laughs> seems to be one of the better ways that land can be preserved long term. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, and it's the, uh, the Lomani National Park in Democratic Republic of Congo. 2.2 million, million acres um, is now officially declared. On July 7th, the park was voted into existence by the Minister's Council. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's the site nearly the size of Yellowstone National Park. So this organization has, has already established a, a preserve about the size of Yellowstone um, that they own the land. And that's the thing is, uh, you know, by owning the land, nobody else can come in and develop it or do anything Correct. with it. You know, you know, governments can't just decide. Okay, now we're gonna can't rezone it or whatever. It's you own. They own it, so it's right. preserved. Um, and that's yeah. that is probably the of this kind of this kind of um, these resources. So that's absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's quite quite a lineup on the Green album here. You got your yours is the first song on the list. Um, so you know, hey, that's that's a that's cool. Like the first one. Um, I yeah will. I I was very honored, but right. you know they, when they picked the order they just thought um, they were they were doing it like a story basically and it's it's really cool. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Shall we do um, listen a little bit of Gaia Lives? Sure. Then we'll. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is this is it's, this is like I remember way back in the day when I got I got the Greenpeace two CD set Greenpeace <laughs> thing, you know, to support Greenpeace and stuff, and it had all kinds of you know like U two and Brian Eno and and all these you know the Pretenders and stuff on there. It's like you know, back in the day, and um, I mean this 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 ranks up there with like in in the quality of music and and its purpose to that kind of stuff. So yeah. Listen. Gaia lives. It is your gift to walk the earth. Every step you must remain.
Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Poor Dave. I, I muted the thing, and then I muted our phone, and I forgot to unmute our phone. So I'm here talking away. So Dave has been talking. So what he just said is poor Dave. Um, yeah. Really profound. That's a great song, and you probably noticed it, and other people listening live, and people that will be downloading it later, especially people who routinely listen to Circle Talk, probably notice that the sound quality can ebb in and out. So it can be really good and then be, like, super quiet for whatever. It fades out. So I highly, highly, highly recommend going to Ginger's website. It's gingerdos.com. Hopefully you all can remember that. Go to the store section and peruse what, She's got here with the various albums. Now, we, we're old, so we still call them albums, even though you're not recording on vinyl, but I don't care. It's an- <laughs> yeah, album is a collection of songs. 
it's still a valid term. I okay. still do yep. that too. <laughs> but even though it's not on vinyl anymore. So right. you can download any of these and individual songs within each two and I know you're not the only one that does it, but other other artists do the same thing. It's kind of the thing. It is the thing. And you have currently four albums on your store, and she has info on every single song here, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that we we'll probably won't have time to do that we were listening to ahead of time, that Urban Elements. I like that. Yeah. It's very, not it's got an urban sound to it. Um, but yeah, um, I know. Um, yeah. But I, I like that one in particular. That was one of the ones that David happened to have played ahead of time. You can, we, I, just to mention, you can listen to every song full all the way through. You can, you, you don't even have to buy anything. You can actually just listen and i've got a listening section also that has just it has my spotify uh one of my spotify playlists and um you can uh and i and a and a custom playlist i made that you can also just listen through to to get a sampling of my music and um so yes there is that if you want to just listen you can you can peruse before you buy and also um, I have to mention that you cannot download Gaia Lives you can listen to it on my website but the only place you can download Gaia Lives is thegreenalbum.net no not iTunes not anywhere else and you uh, we do not we're not doing it by song We're, we're doing it by the entire album so if you want to, you can download the entire album of Green Album at greenalbum.net, and we're doing that as a part of the, of course, the fundraiser for Rainforest Trust. So, right, it's a good exactly. call. Yes. Yes. And I do have to mention something else. So I was scrolling through the page for the store and all the various songs, and then I come across this thing. It says "Necessary Storm Guided Meditation," and. Yeah. What a great, how cool is that, that you <laughs> you wrote and spontaneously performed a guided meditation that people can download. And I am not the only person out there that doesn't do guided meditation well if you're listening to your own voice. And I've read a bunch, we've read a whole bunch of books over the years, Uh to have little sample meditations that you're supposed to be able to do on your own, and they say, well, you you know, talk through it first, and then you can record it so you can listen to yourself, and that's just creepy. Um, (laughs) I will not get into the meditative state by listening to myself in a guided meditation, so I think it's great (laughs) people like you do this, to be able to do this, and Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the page up overnight so that I can go back to it and listen to the guided meditation when I get home from teaching classes tomorrow afternoon. So awesome. I can I can partake of this because I'm very interested, and curious about this. It's a uh, it's a little over 25 minutes, and uh, you're guided into a deep state of relaxation and calm, and then you journey through uh, a visualization. So. I think it's 
I think it's cool. Yeah. So I had to, I had to mention. Yeah, and I would love to know your honest feedback, um, because I'm going to be doing a little bit more of this, um, because uh, meditation is a cornerstone of of my practice, and um, it's what I'm also going to be hosting my workshop on. Um, at uh, PSG, I do a, a modern meditation uh, technique that I, I learned from a, um, a Western Buddhist uh, a monk in, in his book, and it's an, an amazing technique, and I've, I've expanded on that a bit. And if you, if you have trouble meditating or if it's always been a struggle for you uh, and you're going to PSG, I highly recommend coming to my workshop on it because it's, I have learned a technique that has changed my life and has changed uh, the way I look at uh, meditation and the way I practice meditation, and it's been an amazing, amazing thing. So I love sharing that, and um, so I plan to do more. Uh, guided meditations and I so your feedback would be awesome I'd love to know what you think of it and what you kind of think would be better or different or what you'd like from a guided meditation because I'd like to do more cool and you might, actually, might actually test this out because you say, you say on, your, on the workshop description for PSG I find peace as you journey to the place within your mind that is always still always clear always calm even in the middle of Grand Central Station or at a high-energy pagan festival. And I have a chance to go to New York City once in a while uh, for work. I'd actually like, you know, okay, let's try this in Grand Central Station in New York and see how, you know, see, you know, put it to the test. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, yes. I will, t- uh, if, yes, yeah. I will teach you a technique that will enable you to, to be quite still and calm in that environment, and I would love to see if it works for you. Cool. So you're teaching that workshop. Are you teaching other workshops there at PSG? Um, I will not be, but Linda is teaching one. She's doing an awesome um, workshop on soul architecture, uh, oh. talking about the the. Um, and I have not taken this workshop from her, so I, I can't. I'm I'm not the authority on this, but it's basically about the uh, the the plans for your for your soul and how that relates to your current life experience um and so that's all i'm going to say cuz if i say any more i might screw it up but um yeah it's going to be awesome and then also um my uh partner andrea is going to be there and she is going to do um a workshop on empathic empowerment so my little group that's going to be there. We're we're providing three three different workshops, and so um, they're all going to be really really good ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It is cool. Yeah. You, yeah. I know. One of these years, we'll have the logistics to work it out and go back. Yeah. I know. Oh, y'all are not going to be there. No, we're not gonna be able to make it. We, she teaches classes at at the community college here. Yeah, I teach over the, the summer. Over so. the summer, and oh. we've got I, we have a couple of diabetic cats that require special attention, you know, insulin shots. So getting cat sitting and stuff is really difficult to do for us. So we're we're not yeah. able to, able to do the eight days as much anymore. Yeah, so we have to be judicious about where 
we can go and how long we can go and yeah, be, yeah. you know. Understandable. Full adult. Kind of a little more leashed. Yes. <laughs> Even though they don't, yeah. we're leashed to them. Yeah. Okay. Because these sound really neat. Um, well, cool. And so we yeah. are at top of the hour. Hey, it's at 10 o'clock. And we had a great talk. Introduced this was fun. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got to yeah. talk to you. Yeah. And it doesn't only have to be PSG time. Once you have that new album out. We'll definitely want to get you back in. Definitely. So we can promote it and talk about it and your experiences writing it and all that good stuff. Because that sounds there's going to be some good stories on that in that yeah. one, I think. It sounds like. Yes, I'm, I'm, types of music. it's already yeah. been amazing, and I hope to release it in 2019. It's um, because I'm I'm in the process of writing, and um, my schedule has been insane. So, unfortunately, I'm not having as much writing time as I'd like. Um, but I am – oh, you might want to um, tell your listeners I am um, – I have a, a Patreon program, a patron program, okay. um, where you can be uh, a monthly subscriber and help me to get the album finished. The more subscribers I get, the more patrons I get, uh, the more uh, the more time I'm able to spend on it. So uh, you can find me at patreon.com slash gingerdoss. And um, I, you can be a patron for as little as $1 a month, and I give you insight to the album and previews of the work process and all kinds of cool downloads and exclusive videos and all kinds of cool stuff. So go check that out. And this is also found, the link to this is also found on the main page of your website. So yes, that's indeed. the other place where you find it. Again, gingerdoss.com. So that's very cool. Nice. Yeah, Thank you all the, both so much. This has been this has been awesome. And I think you'll have a good time. Try not to go crazy on ritual overload since it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We made the very first year we wanted to do everything so we attended at least eight rituals that week. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah, try not to go too crazy on the yeah. rituals. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> be judicious in your choosing of the workshops to attend. Because you so are well aware yeah. there is somewhere between, I don't know, usually roughly 10 to 12 workshops are held at a time, and there's two workshop slots every afternoon and then there's, and then there's so so there's about a dozen is. and yeah. then there's uh, the intensive stuff this. also so wow. for an eight, yeah so for an eight day week you end up having to choose 24 and 6 um over oh. 100 and some odd different workshops that are going to be available over the course of the week yep. so yeah <laughs> yeah. Wow! You'll never be able to list, go to every single one. No, no. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. It is um, amazing. It really is. And, and if anybody has never been to PSG, um, it's 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 kind of like 
I kind of see it as like, you know, that some some people it's in their lifetime they they they're kind of required to go to Mecca or visit the you know that kind of thing. <laughs> this is that kind of thing. It's like PSG is like one of those things that if you're if you do, I mean, it's just it's an intentional community for eight days, you know, and it's this great vending, lots of workshops, great music, great rituals, lots of stuff going on, and if you're bored. You've got a problem. Yeah, that's you know. purely your. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely not going to be bored. Oh, I can't wait! I'm so, so excited. So registration right now, now through May 14th, the price for the whole week for adults is 265 bucks, which, if you break it down by day, is still pretty cheap for youth. Yeah, very. For the yeah. tweeny age people. And younger teenagers, it's a hundred bucks for children, and I don't know what the cutoff age for children are. Oh, it's it's child um, zero to eleven. Okay. Youths are twelve to seventeen, and then there's adults. Okay. Right. So adults are two sixty five, youths are hundred, children eleven and under are thirty bucks per person. And if you have children. And you're worried about them not having things to do. There are people that do nothing but the children's and the tween and teen programming. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole thing that they, they do. Stuff for them so There's do. all kinds of stuff that yeah. they do. So, again, check out Circle Sanctuary's website, circlesanctuary.org. From the main page, you'll see it highlighted. Highlighted the uh, Pagan Spirit Gathering highlighted. Just click on that. It takes you to everything you want to know about Pagan Spirit Gathering, including all the presenters like Gina and others, um, the musicians, and they do have a growing list of workshops listed as well. So, oh, and all the, of course, all the the rituals that they do. So that various people will be leading over the course of the week. So. Again, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. We always like to be exposed to new and different people that we have not Mm -hmm. heard before. And the the Pagan Festival scene is really the place to explore a wide variety of musicians. Definitely. So many, so many great players and performers and speakers and everything. Love it. Yeah, this year's lineup of PSG is pretty good. Um, so it's going to be uh, quite a time. Um, musicians, yeah. So you're, so there'll be uh, Arthur Hines and the Round Table. I guess it's a couple of young folks he's hooked up with. Um, Celia Farron is going to be there. She's a PSG regular kind of thing. You'll be there with Linda and, and your whole, I mean, your entourage. Um, Spiral Rhythm, PSG Regulars there, Twatha Dea, um, you know, so that's that's quite a lineup. It's going to be a good time. Good time. It's going to be a good little time. Green green Album uh, reunion. <laughs> it will be. Partial Green Album, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spiral Rhythm contributed to that too, right? So. Yes, they did. Sure did. So there you yeah. Maybe uh maybe there'll be some impromptu um jam session stuff going on there between y'all. Who knows? You know, that's the kind I of thing. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. There is already <laughs> some talk about this. Okay. All righty. 
Um, so thank you much for coming and joining us tonight. It's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, wonderful, wonderful to talk to both of you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks. And we want to thank um, Peggy Stanett Radio Network, the Witches School International, our, our friends at the Carillion, the Carillion Friends, um, who sponsor and, and, and have this available, this Peggy Stanett Radio Network is, is theirs, and they allow us some time and, and some others to do stuff, and there's stuff here on Pagan Saturday Radio Network every night. There's always something going on every day, so check out the schedule. At, if you just go to PaganStonight.com, it'll write you right to the page. You can see the schedule of all the different things that go on on, uh, on Pagan Tonight. We want to thank Circle Sanctuary and Selena Fox for all the work that Circle does and Selena has do, has, is doing and has done for the Pagan community. Um, advocacy and social justice work and just the whole the whole thing. So, um, yeah, we're going to close things on that. And then we're going to close out with a song called um, Come Down. Now, do you have anything quick to say about Come Down? Uh, it was a song that was inspired by the, the revel fires of all the pagan festivals that I have gone to. That was what came, like I, I told you, but I have these inspirations, these these moments of, of um, either visual or um, um, sound sort of sound bites that just appear in my mind when I'm working on a song. And for this song, I could see fires from so many different festivals kind of dotted across the land if you were looking down on them from the perspective of the night. If you were if you were a bird. A bird's eye view flying, soaring across the sky at night, and you could see the dotted fires of, of many different camps and um, different festivals and gatherings of people around those fires, uh, reaching out for the divine in all the many different ways. Um, this is a song for all paths and all people, um, and uh, the quest for the divine that connects us all. How about that? <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. There's a lot to think about there. Great imagery, though. That's awesome. Yeah, just the whole idea of the, the fires and the re- connecting is um, just yeah, kind of fiction of, yeah. Okay, so we're going to close out with that, and then we'll be uh, saying goodnight. And stay tuned for next week for um, Nature Folk and Circle Talk. What is Lena got going on next week? Do we have that? Um, I don't think we have that yet. We don't have that list. Yes. So she's been going through some stuff, so we don't have Selena's schedule yet for next week, next month. But stay tuned and keep an eye on the on the page, uh, CirclePodcast.org, to archive some of the older shows, or you can go to Circle Ra- Circle Sanctuary's website and go to our work and radio to see what's going on um, coming up. So, um, and with that, we'll uh, bless we'll it be. Bless it be. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Night.
You're listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 